Yeah. And the statement is, we are 100 men and women who have recovered from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. We are 100 men and women who have recovered from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. The emphasis in this statement is seemingly to me. Seemingly means it appears to be true or false to you. Yeah. So the hopelessness that you were experienced had a lot to do with did to do with the you that was experiencing it. Yeah. You know, it's you and I, it appears true or false to you, or in the Course of Miracles says you and I give everything all the meaning it has. It's very similar. Yeah. So the disease of alcoholism was given the meaning as a hopeless condition, which really drives you to live in fuck it, basically. If you think something's a hopeless condition, that there's no possibility of ever getting better, what are you going to do? Try to escape from that by getting loaded. Yeah? It's just like a beautiful reinforcement of the drive of the disease. But seemingly, it appears to be true or false to you. That's an incredible statement. Because if it was a hopeless state of mind and body, there'd be no recovery from it. Yeah? If it was actually truly hopeless, there would be no recovery from it. The book would have never even been written. Yeah, because we'd all be screwed, totally. Yes, and that would be it. But seemingly, it appears to be true or false to you, to us. It, in other words, there is no real truth or falsehood. It's the meaning the mind gives it. Yeah. The meaning the mind gives things is the biggest thing that thing is. That's the biggest quality it has and within the uh, relationship to uh, having an ability to affect this is the meaning this gives it. Yeah? So let's say if I have a, a girlfriend and she's just casual and having fun and then she decides she doesn't want to see him anymore, no sweat, you know? I mean, I, I may be a little disappointed, but I just keep on going on. But if that girlfriend was given a meaning of she's the one, well, the fairy princess, when she just called me up and she said she was leaving me, it would have a huge different effect on me. Yeah? It would still be a woman leaving me out of a relationship, but the one woman was seen as the woman. Yeah? And as soon as that meaning's given, when that leaves, it's sort of like the source of your happiness has left, and you're never going to have recourse to meet it again. You're going to pretty much flip out. Yeah? You're going to be incredibly flipped out. So this is the important, you know, I find it to have a lot of value, this basic understanding of what your role is here. And your role is you're giving meaning to things. Yeah. All day. Every day. Yeah? And those meaning to things means those, the things in and of themselves don't have meaning. Yeah? They're inherently empty, as Buddhism would say. Yeah? Every object or everything is inherently empty of any authentic, real, solid meaning. It's basically what we give it. Yeah? And there's some social constructs that we all give it the similar meaning, and there's conditioning from certain societies, like the meaning we give a car here, a Mercedes would be, oh, that's really valuable in a status. The aboriginals see the car, they see it someplace to live. They break the windows out and they live in there. Yeah? They don't see it the same way. There's, we're both, both conditional minds are giving it meaning, but the meanings can be extremely different. Yeah? And it's just as valid that it's a home for an aborigine than it is a car for us. In their realm, it's more valid, and in our realm, our view is more valid than theirs. This is called self-centeredness. Yeah? 
Everyone is extremely self-centered. So when it seems to be issuing forth from you, you think there's a certain rightness to it. And therefore, everyone else's point of view is cast into a sense of wrongness. Maybe a little bit wrong. Oh, you know, you'll be condescending. And oh, you know, yeah, it's okay. Yes, just keep coming back. Or it may be extremely wrong. Yeah, you kill them or whatever like that. But there's going to be some kind of difference when you see someone else's view as different than yours. Now, what I'm saying is every view is true, and in a sense, every view is false. Because every view is rooted in self-centeredness, so it's actually false, yet it's true to the self. So, in the book, it says something really important, on page 64. It says... First of all, it talks about an inventory process as a take a business inventory. You know what I mean? We're going to look at the unsaleable goods and then get rid of them. In other words, we're not going to have much attachment to it. If we see it doesn't work, bingo, we'll let go, hopefully. Yeah, that's the thing. But that's not usually the case, people. Yeah. Most of the things that aren't being let go of are being held. They're being held for a reason. The mind needs those things for survival. It thinks they're still working and stuff like that. Yeah? But let's say, all right, so it says, all right, being convinced, which means to believe with certainty, convinced, that's the word. Yeah? If you can look it up in the dictionary, there may be more meanings, but one of them is to believe with certainty. Being convinced that self, being convinced that self, yeah? now my feeling of a self isn't ego, it's, it's a lot more extensive than that. It's a sense of self. Yeah, you don't have a sense of the ego. A sense of self has to come from a body sensation, a feeling of being something, because the body's on and it's provoking sensations. Yeah, the mind is taking those sensations to be me. It's it's taking the feeling of being on an alive body as me as indicating this. That's Paul. It's a big leap, really. It's just the live body generating, and so it ha- it's generating sensations. But the mental process goes, this signifies me. This is, this is me. This is Paul's sense of being. Yeah? So it's a sense of self. And the, structure, the idea of self I'm using is a, the feeling, yeah? a feeling, a vague feeling, of being a long-lasting, independent, separate entity. Yeah? In other words, you and me are you and me. Never the, never the twain shall meet. There's, it, there is a, a, an initial separation of body that causes separation to seem to be real. Yeah? This is you, this is me, that's you, and there is no, no freaking way I'm you, that you. I'm this me. Yeah. Yeah. So it says, alright, so that's my definition, loose definition of it. So, being convinced that self, and now this is beautiful, manifested in various ways. Yeah? Wait a minute. You feel like you're manifesting in one way. The body, don't you? I mean, this is the storyline that you've been this body for since you were born. First of all, you know, it's a really an incredible leap to believe this. But All right, you were this body, and therefore there's one manifestation, and, that, and then that thing's doing a lot of things. And, you know, but there's only one manifestation, and it's Paul. But it's saying self, so it's not of a body in a way, self. It's an idea. And so that idea, I call it a parasite or a mental wind or a deep mental groove, that self can manifest in a lot of ways. Yeah, 
the ways it can manifest is basically what it's blowing through. Like a wind, if it blows through a flute and a trumpet would make different sounds. It's the same wind, but the functioning of the trumpet and the flute would cause it to, to manifest differently. Yeah. So here we are, all these people. This is really cool. So here, you're a toaster, right? There's a toaster in your kitchen. And the toaster does what? It makes toast. And then there's a, a, a blender, and it's supposed to blend stuff. And then there's a cake mix thing, and it's supposed to do that, yeah? Now, what's driving it, what's causing them to, uh, to be able to make toast and blend stuff and, you know, spin a cake thing, is electricity, yeah? So there's one juice that's moving through and animating millions of appliances in this world right now. One juice, really, electricity, yes? Yet, the electricity gets translated through what it's moving through. If, it's, if it goes through a toaster, it can, put, it can make toast. The blender's not going to make toast. If you throw some bread in a blender, it ain't going to make toast. Yeah, It's the same energy, electricity, but it has a different functionality. So that toaster is meant to function in the world of producing some toast. The blender, so on, this end. This is, this functionality of this energy of life is meant to to manifest experiences. Yeah? We have, instead of like two slots for a toast, we have six gates. We've got the, eye, the mind sees thoughts like the eye sees a bird. The eye sees things, we hear things, we feel things, we taste things, and we smell things. We have like six apertures, like six blender uh, places. Yeah? Super, yeah, six of them. And what's happening, this energy moving through, which is the exact same energy that's moving through, quote, unquote, every one of us, is functioning in a certain way and manifesting behaviors and stuff like that based on the conditioning of this brain and this body. Yes? The conditioning is what's causing the functionality to appear a certain way. Yeah? So if you're destined to be an asshole, you're going to be an asshole. And when you get sober, you'll still be an asshole. Yeah? Because the fact is, that's the, that's the functioning. So we're all acquired, we're all accessing that juice. It's not you accessing it. This is how it's set up, right? That same juice, that same energy is coming through all these different things. These, diff these things are given different meanings to things, and therefore the reactions to things are different, and da da da. And this is huge, huge dance driven by one juice. One juice. Yeah? I'm saying even past electricity, that's the manifestation of the juice, is the energy, but it, I would say it's awareness or consciousness. Yeah? Consciousness. And in our case, the, the toaster doesn't have consciousness. Yeah? The toaster doesn't have self-reflection, so it's not thinking about, I should have toasted that bread better today, or I'm not going to do it again. I'm not taking rye anymore. No, I'm refusing <laughs> to deal with rye or pumpernickel. And on and on and on. All this activity, because it can't reflect on itself as being the source of the freaking toast. Yeah? We can. We can reflect on the idea that I'm the one who's conscious. Yeah? I'm the one who's doing these functions. I'm not, I'm not wait, recognizing the energy. I'm just sort of denying that, and now I'm taking the energetic aspect as mine. 
Yeah, I'm the one who's thinking these thoughts. I'm the one who's doing this. Yet you see, most of your bodily functions are involuntary. The only one, the only major function in your body that's half and half, voluntary and involuntary, is breathing. Everything else is involuntary. So this toaster that we are, most of the speeds we can't even fuck with. But we can fuck with one of them. And that's where the mind found the little place, which is our ability to reflect the energy. Yeah? To become awake, to realize that I'm alive, I'm on. There's something happening, yeah? What happened is the, the mind reflecting that, the mental process has jumped in and provided who is it that's doing it? Who is it that's here? And it's not consciousness, it's you as a body. This is what I call self. And this is what, this is the root of the dilemma. We're taking ourselves to be the toaster when there is no toaster or toast without electricity, yeah? What would a toaster be without electricity? Could you actually give it the name toaster? Because it's not functioning at all, producing toast. Yeah, We could call it that to make it easy, because that's what mind does. It gives name and form to everything, but it forgets the formless and the nameless. Yeah? It forgets that. And it's busily participating as the big honcho here. I'm the doer of all my actions. And Jesus Christ, you didn't choose alcoholism. It was it was set up for that way, yeah. I had I had I would call I would say I had alcoholism when I was about seven or eight. I was excessively concerned with myself, and I hit maybe four or five years old. I started getting uncomfortable in my own skin, which I never had when I was a little kid. I had to grow into something, and that was one of its side effects, which was uncomfortable in my own skin, and that was obsession with this idea of being a self. So if you really want relief from an imaginary problem, you've got to know what it is. You can't keep calling it something else. So here, self manifested in various ways. Yeah. So in a lot of different ways it's happening. Yes, you're a good person, bad person. Do, 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 do. Yeah. Self manifested in all these ways is what has defeated us. This is means to believe with certainty. No wiggle room. Yeah, this is before the fourth step. Being convinced means to believe with certainty so that you can get on with it. Yeah. Being convinced that self manifested in various ways is what has defeated us. Oh, Jesus Christ. He's just put it in one sentence. He separated the two, self and us. Yeah, And I bet you... You can take eight people, ten here for the internet, ninety people here, and there are three thousand people here. And if they have been in the situation we've been in, alcoholics, they would all have the same answer to what was defeated them. It wouldn't be self; it would be my self, my my self. That's the huge difference. My and self are totally different. Yeah, the my is you, your mind giving meaning to the idea of self as being you. Yeah, When this foreign installment, when this parasitical movement of mind is now given the meaning of being you by your head, yes, you are now living as the problem, like it says in recovery. We're not people with problems, we are the problem. How could you be the problem? Yeah? And they're being the solution. 
If you were truly the problem, there'd be no solution to that unless you could get out of you. Yeah? Ah. There's the rub. There's the beautiful message. See, when it says you're the problem, well, good luck. No matter every, no matter what solution you practice, you're the problem practicing it. I bet you the problem would override the solution. Yeah? Because how could the solution work? It would have to destroy the problem. And if you, if, if you take yourself to be the problem, you're not going to let anything destroy that. Yes? Your whole basic drive is not just have survival of your, of you, but survival of self. I had it when I was a kid. I remember I was, uh, I took a couple of hits of acid, yeah? And we were going to go to Madison Square Garden in New York for a show. And then it came, a really great idea came in my head. I should take about seven downs, you know? This could have probably killed me, but what was yapping had no instinct of self-preservation concerning the health of the body. It was all about preserving self, yeah? It had nothing to do with preserving this, this vehicle, yeah? It was preserving it all the time. And it was a really strong distinction. So, being convinced that self manifested in various ways. How does it defeat us? I would say it's the identification as. Yeah? That's what allows it to defeat it. See, I have to be intimately in love with you to allow another person to defeat me. Yeah? But, in a sense... You know, that would be the most power I could give somebody, is opening up in a sense of love and having them, you know, fuck with me, let's say, yeah? But in this case, in this case, self has defeated, defeated us by, the, by being identified as it, yeah? And if you're identified as it, you won't know you're identified as it. If you're identified as it, you'll be the last one to know you're identified as it. Either grace has to occur or someone has to give you an information or, or a message. Because you're taking this foreign installment to be you. There's not much level of questioning. Yeah. It's been given the biggest meaning you can have, which is you, and basically you've moved on. You're now living and trying to manage the debris of a life run on it. <laughs> We're, we're totally hunkered down into dealing with it our whole life. That's why people seek therapy and this and that. They can't, they're, they're trying to get relief from it as it. You can't, that can't happen. Yeah? I can't get relief from self if I'm taking my, my, myself to be that. I can't get relief from it. Yeah? Every relief I get will be food for it. Maybe you're an addict and then you become a spiritual seeker. The same bondage to self will occur. Exact same. You know, different suits, different uniforms, different uh, venues, different circumstances, different friends. But basically, there'll be a bondage to self or of self. <laughs> because there'll be a feeling that you are doing something to get better. Yeah. This, is a, this message is about... Entertain the possibility, I'm not that. And if you entertain the possibility, I'm not that, it may dawn on you that you can be free of it. Yeah? If you're not that, that's the beginning of the possibility of being free. If you are that, good luck.
So it goes on. Being convinced that self, I'm going over a little bit of the book of recovery. Being convinced that self manifested in various ways is what has defeated us. We will now look at its common manifestations. Yeah, not all of them, just the common ones. And the next paragraph it says resentment, yeah, which is the first inventory we do, and then obviously includes fear and harms done to others. Now, if you follow this logic. It sounds like from this statement that resentment is an expression or manifestation of self. Yeah? Yeah. Fear is an expression or a manifestation of this idea of self. Yeah? Harming other people, in a sense, is a manifestation of this idea of being a self. Yeah? And so, okay, let's say tomorrow I go over to someone's house and I start talking about resentments and fears, and harms done to others. What am, what's going to precede those statements? My resentments, my fears, my harms to others. That's the problem. Yeah? The expression of a modality of mind called self-centeredness keeps moving through me, and every while, every time it goes through, whatever's chirping as me claims that they're mine. Yeah? What would happen if you looked at this inventory and you saw it as expressions of self. It would be incredibly informative. You would see the activities of what is causing your defeat. Yeah. And by seeing the activities, it's almost like you see the beast from the tail to the head. When you see it, a magic, magical thing occurs. When you see it that clearly, a very strong hit comes over you. Hey, I'm not that. How could I possibly be seeing it if I'm not, if I'm it? Yeah. Bingo, now the mind has finally entertained, I'm not that, and what can happen? It can entertain being free from it. Yeah. If that doesn't occur, you're entertaining being free as it. I've seen it, I saw it, I, it happened in this life, and I see it with tons of other people. If you had a if you had a cold and you thought it was the flu and you took like flu medicine religiously for three weeks, the highest quality, and uh, you would find you'd probably feel a little relief because colds and flu have similar some similar symptoms, but you wouldn't get a radical relief because you've misdiagnosed. You had the cold. You don't have the flu. Yeah, I'm not someone who has problems. In a sense, the book is saying you're the problem. You're giving everything that's called a problem the meaning it has. Yeah? How can it happen when some people come into recovery? They have a story that, like the worst thing never happened to them. Yeah? And they, they built a little altar around it and they, they worship, they don't go back to it every day, more than once a week. They're there like a lot, you know? And it basically is the basis of a lot of stories about their life. Yeah? This worst thing never happened to me. Then they come into recovery. Yeah? And just by participating in it, a, a little bit of room moves, you know, is, is produced. And then the worst thing suddenly starts becoming the best thing that ever happened to them. So let's say they got arrested, and it was the worst thing that ever happened to them, but the arrest leads to recovery, so now it's the best thing that happened to them. What is it? Is it the worst thing or the best thing? It's neither. It's what your mind gives it, yes? You and I are giving it the meaning it has. So if there's a hierarchy of meaning, what's the biggest meaning we could give anything? It's bigger than God, it's you. 
When you give something the meaning of being you, that's much bigger than God. Because that you is, is going to be the one, is going to be the you that's going to try to know God. This one is going to dictate the terms of knowing God. The you, yeah? If you question it, what would happen if you're not that? Find out, yeah? Find out. See what occurs. And I'll tell you, the effects will validate your little, your little hope, or whatever you want to call it, your possibility. You're entertaining it. It will validate it beyond all expectations. Yeah? And then you'll know the seeming problem from the solution. You won't know the problem from the problem anymore. You'll know the problem from the solution. And from the solution, I swear, the problem is seen as imaginary. From the problem, the problem seems as real as real can be. But from the solution, it seems imaginary. Yeah, doesn't mean it doesn't have effects. It sure does, but it's imaginary. Yeah, like the course would state in course. Did you ever hear of the course of miracles? Well, they make a beautiful statement in the course of miracles that you and I are the dreamer of this dream. We forgot what we dreamt it, and we've given what we've dreamt all the power to affect us. That's what's going on here, yeah? You and I are giving meaning to things all day, coming from a certain system of thought and interpretation called self-centeredness, yeah? So everything has something to do with you here. <laughs> Every meaning you put out there is never a meaning in and of itself. It's always like a mirror, or, or it has a reflective surface that reflects you. So let's say you want to become, you want to know God. What happens? What gets reflected? The knower of God. <laughs> Why do you think you're so invested in your problems? They're like full-length mirrors. Selfing is going crazy There's a thing, a statement in recovery that says, you better be willing to save your ass instead of your face, yeah? But when I walked into AA, I thought my face was my ass. <laughs> and I was totally about saving my face, yeah? <laughs> totally about it. And my ass was dropping out. Just, this was just revelatory for me, really. It just blew my mind, and my mind never configured like the old way again. It just blew it. And when the pieces started reassembling, there was a lot of a couple pieces missing. <laughs> <laughs> and I had no desire to find them. <laughs> Those pieces, I let them go. Hopefully they were discarded and whatever. <laughs> and I say, now the pieces that are open, there's light. Yeah, light, 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 light. light. Yeah. Like there's a teacher, an old teacher, he passed away called Ramana Maharshi. He has many, he spoke in a different language, but uh, one of the, the statements that was attributed to him I really like is, uh, 
to know God is to be God. And it's so beautiful. It has the it has no time in it. That's what I love. You don't have any relevance in it. Yeah? God isn't going to be so because you know it. It's to know God is to be God. Yeah? You know how incredibly clear that is? This is what happens in the head when it believes it knows God. It's It now believes it's a knower of God. That's totally different than being. Yeah? The God is still an object that you as the subject is entertaining. And it's going to be up to the subject. The God will never intrude on the subject when it's an object. Yeah? It will never intrude. It will never inform you that you're full of shit, basically. You're already shut down. You're just, now it's been neutered because you know it. Yeah? But you're not even close to being it. You just keep appearing to be you. Yeah? But in this sense, to know God is, to, is revelatory because at that moment, that's being God. And what, what happens when that occurs is it informs you it's always been that way and it always will be that way because it's not of time and it's not of conditions and, not, and it's not based on circumstances. Yeah? It's just a fact. What's that going to do with your little head. It's going to change it quite a lot. Because, just to name a couple of them, let's say this idea of getting into the moment. Yeah, some In some circles, that's there. There's lots of books about it. You can take like a five-week seminar, how to get into the moment. And if you do pretty good with that, you can sign up for the advanced seminar. And that's usually in another country to make it look different. And then that would be really getting into the moment. But the assumption is, is that you could be out of the moment. That's all selfing. That idea that you can be out of a moment is selfing playing God. And in recovery it says the how and why of the whole freaking enchilada is to quit playing God. Watch what's playing God. Could you imagine that, let's say, you want to, I'm just using the word God, but let's say this moment, this moment is manifesting. Yeah, that would be the expression of, let's say, God manifesting. Our plain God says, well, I can be out of here. <laughs> I can be somewhere else other than God's manifestation. I can be in my own manifestation, which is up here. I'm going to go into the past, and I'm going to go look through my incredible wise telescope into the future and speculate, what's going to happen to me? Yeah? All the while being unconscious to the moment now. This is the most arrogant movement of playing God than ever. It's denying the basic fact of what's happening. Yeah? And rushing up into a mental little wind tunnel, a mental realm, and just picturing you as a body somewhere else at some other time, and then allowing the dogs of your mind to run around it, and all your interest and attention follows every fucking hunt. And you always come back with the same thing. Nothing. <laughs> To who does it seem like that in a moment? To who? You. That's it. The you is giving it the meaning that it's possible for you to be out of the moment. That's what it's doing. That's why if an understanding can be helpful, because hopefully it facilitates the vision becoming obvious. So you get an understanding. 
What's, all right, there's a feeling that we, no, let's just say you or me, right? There's a feeling that I can be out of, out of the moment. That's a real authentic feeling. But what's generating it? What's generating that sense of being able to be out of the moment? It's you. I'm saying, are you that you that believes it's out of the moment? If you're not, you may not believe you're out of the moment anymore. Yeah? But you're not spending time thinking. Thoughts are occurring. Yeah? Your thoughts are occurring. You and I have never had a thought in our lives. Yeah? You can't, I can't even shit when I want to, which is a pretty basic activity. Yeah? You see a burrito, which you can see. You stuff it in your mouth. That's basically, all right, you've done your job. Then the body breaks it down. And then very quickly, the, the, the debris of the burrito shows up the next morning if you didn't digest beans or something in the toilet, yeah? And so we, when I look in the toilet and I see that product, I go, I just took a shit, you know? It makes sense, it's logical, it came out of what I call me, yeah? I did it, and, there, and I did the shit. This is an incredible claiming of body activity, yeah? But now, I'm going to take that base, and you know, it sounds a little more logical when it's about a body function, but now I'm going to apply it to thought system that I'm the thinker of it. That I'm the thinker of these thoughts. Give me a break. Well, aren't I observing them? No, you're not observing them. What You're talking as an observer. There's awareness of them. But that doesn't mean there's a you that's aware. There's just awareness. That's the beauty of it. Yeah? We're construing awareness as being me. But me in a physical sense. As an independent self. Yeah? There's, a, there's an honesty in knowing that. That is the source. That's why I say we are. But how it gets co-opted is there's a feeling that it's you that's aware. And that you is not of awareness. It's of body. It's of body. It's of past. It's of stories. It's of experience. It's of skin color. It's of hair. It's all like that. That feeling when you go, oh, I'm the awareness. No, you're not. Yeah? Because usually that feeling of I ain't the awareness. It's you, in some sense, as a body, now claiming the awareness. There's just awareness. Yeah. So when you say we can't get out of the moment, then the moment is the thought. No, the thought's, thought is appearing in the moment. The moment is not the thought. The thought is appearing in the moment. Everything that's arising on very subtle levels and very physical levels, is arising in the moment. There is no you or me in the moment. There's just the moment. There is no me as a pseudo-subject that's in the moment. That's the dream. That's the appearance. But there is only the moment. Yeah? The moment appearing as two and then eight and then 50 and then 3,000 is still only one. There's still only, I'd say, none, actually. Yeah? It's still just moment. No. Well, the idea of you is a thought. Yeah? So once that thought arises and is seen, and then it is hand, it's hijacked by the mental process, and now 
that thought is never seen as a thought anymore. It's seen as you. Yeah? It's seen as you, but you is a thought. You didn't have it when you were a baby. You had no idea of you for the first, like, 18, 15, 18 months. Yeah? We grew into this idea. So that th the feeling of you, the, the idea this is me is a thought, but very rarely is it seen as a thought. It's seen as something that's having the thoughts, or is doing the thoughts, or the thoughts are do doing it. Yeah? You always rise or are made to be the subject, the false subject. And when you're the subject, no matter how much you want to know subjectivity, you're never going to know it, because you are it. Yeah? It's a false separation to what's so. Yeah? I've seen it. I, I, I was in a situation for years practicing, and certain things after the fact, when this invitation dropped in, at this message dropped in, I, I could look at what was happening and see the, the, the formulation, the pattern of self. It says in the program, we're just going to look at some of its common manifestations. There's a lot of manifestations of self. There's a lot of subtle manifestations of self. Yeah, A lot of subtle. To, to try not to be them is really ridiculous. To see that you're not that which is being them is easier. Yeah. If you try not to be what's appearing to be, <laughs> good luck. But if I'm not that which is appearing to be to or from, there's freedom. Yeah. It works. It's it's timeless in a way. We all have ways of life. We've already been introduced to many ways of life. Some of us had to stick with one because we have a disease of mind and body, which is alcoholism. So I have a way of life already. What I like is illumination of that way of life. While I'm living, I don't want to be looking for an artificial source of light. I want to recognize I'm the light. Yes? Because I'm giving everything all the meaning it has. A lot of people get into a real subtle fuck. You know, they're getting fucked, and that's like a with a spiritual dildo in a sense. It's, I mean, it would be better just to be available to others and do service. I mean, go to it not to people you know, but to do service, and then get out of that predilection of self by taking action. Just like the whole program recovery isn't about thinking or philosophy in the beginning; it's action. Because they found that the action can allow the thought system to be put at bay or paused or even change. But thinking ain't going to do it at that point we're in. Yeah. So when you see that your pursuit of quote-unquote spirituality is just aggravating the motherfucking hell out of you, don't. <laughs> you know, if, you, if you think you have a choice, go somewhere else. Seriously. And take a break and let yourself off that hook. There's no urgency. When the mind is not of time, the mind longing and, and missing out, and I should have gotten this earlier, is only relevant here. It's not relevant in the timeless state of mind, yeah? So no one is getting ahead of anyone, and no one's left behind, like Jesus used to fuck with people, like, the first shall be last, and last shall be first, because there is no time, yeah? There is no time. You ever hear some of those parables? Check out the prodigal son. Check it out in the New Testament. Here's a person who leaves this nice, cushy situation, starts partying, 
Starts going way down. Is it probably a drug addict? Not a drug. He probably is a drug addict. Then and drunk. And he's at the end of his of his on this huge run. He's in a pigsty, trying to grab some cobs of corn from the pigs. Yeah. And he, he keeps and he's you know and then suddenly something dawns on him. That man, I would like to fucking let it go, man, because he felt so much guilt and shame. He couldn't return to his family. So he's kept running around in this whole idea that he could never go back. And then finally he just hits a bottom and he goes, fuck it. You know? And as soon as it immediately leaves the pigsty, the story, and now he's, he meets, his father meets him, like right there, gives him some new clothes, puts a ring on his finger, says, hey, let's go, we're having a big barbecue at the place. As if nothing happened. As if nothing happened. The years of debauchery, all the, all the heinous acts he believed he did, immediately dismissed. No effect. Yeah? Immediately. Isn't that incredible? There's another one where there's a guy, a, a, a farmer, goes in and he's going to have some workers for the day. So he goes, to, he goes to the union office and it's 8 in the morning and he hires a couple of guys and says, I'm going to give you five bucks yeah, an hour. Okay? Or I'm going to give you 50 bucks for the day. 50 bucks. So now they go work. Then he comes around at 12 and he hires some other guys at 12 and he says, I'm going to give you 50 bucks. And they're only going to work half a day. Then he goes back at 4 o'clock and there's only one more hour left and he's hired somebody and he gives them 50 bucks. Now the people that started working 8 are really pissed off at him and envious and resentful because why the fuck I've been here for 8 hours and this guy just shows up and you can't pay him the same thing. It's timeless. It's a timeless solution. It doesn't have matter how much work you've done. It doesn't matter. This grace can interrupt your whole story about how, what I have to do to get there. Yeah. It's beautiful. It's like entertaining a possibility. When you're identified as a self, you, the way you entertain being okay is I will be okay, or I was once okay. It's never okayness now. Yeah? Because you believe you have to fulfill certain requirements that your mind's setting up by playing God for you to meet to get there. Yeah? There's always distance and doing involved. Why is that? Because your mind itself has a sense of being a doer. Yeah? So any relevance has to be done. Yeah? It has to feel like it's on a journey. It can't just open up and just Jesus Christ, I got my 50 bucks, I was here for five minutes. <laughs> and feel absolutely no guilt and shame for the guys that were there at eight. Yeah? <laughs> no, I'm going to go back and start at eight. No? He said 455, here's 50 bucks, there you go. Got there, the bell went off, hey. <laughs> Would you allow that to happen? Would you allow this information to download and, and cause an incredible disregard in your selfish, self-centered structure? Probably not. The selfing ain't letting go of it. Yeah? It would probably think it was a burden to be free. This is, hey, it's not going to go the way you think. <laughs> There's no way. It is not. <laughs> <laughs> it's, you know, <laughs> but, you know, if there's still gatekeepers, if the mind's playing the gatekeeper and you really feel you need to do something, you better do it. 
because it's still playing God, and it's not, and you're not even going to get close to what it's keeping you from if you don't play its game. Yeah. So if you really feel like you got to meditate every day and you can't miss a day, you better do it. If you really feel like you need to come here, then you better come here. Yeah. The mind's playing God. Yeah. So your God is a conditional, circumstantial God. It's putting requirements on everything, yeah? And if it's in this position of playing God when I'm identified as that, and maybe I make it another God out there, but it's of course I'm identified as what's playing God, then I bet then the gateless gate, which is a beautiful statement in, in uh, spiritual terms, yeah? They talk about the gateless gate. Well, now the gateless gate means there's no gate, yeah? It's open entry at any time for anyone. The gateless gate is now gated. And there's a toll booth. And there's a very mean, motherfucking, selfing, playing God who's going to change the tolls every day. On a whim. Five dollars one day, and you're not getting in the other day. <laughs> like that, yeah? It's like an old story I used to tell about heaven's door. And, uh, <laughs> I had this urge to go to heaven, you know? Most people would, I guess. And so I worked hard, and I thought I was a pretty good uh, person, I was virtuous, I was kind, I was meditating, I was doing a lot of things that I thought were good, you know? So I went up to the door with my nice resume, you know, I had my little patchouli oil hair and white and beads, and I had that loving gaze already in place, you know? So immediately the door opens and God's there and I go, hey God, can I come in? And God looks right at me and says, Paul, you can't come in. <laughs> so I'm sort of bummed out. So I walk away and I figure I'm just going to, I'm going to do more. I'm going to exert more energy. I'm going to practice with more vigilance. So I practice for 10 years and then I think I'm ready to enter heaven. Yeah? And God immediately doors open because it's a timeless place. <laughs> didn't take any time for him to get to the door. <laughs> door opens, and there's God, and he goes, and I go, God, can I come in? And I'm sort of thinking, yeah, this is just a formality. And God looks right at me and says, Paul, can't come in. Now I say, fuck you, you know. I fucking throw my beads and, you know, get whatever. And I stop partying, and I go crazy. And then life just kicks the shit out of me and washes me up near the door of, of heaven. And I, when I'm, st I'm just crawling and getting up, I, a revelation occurs. Yeah, ding. So I knock on the door, and then immediately the door opens, and there's God. And I said, God, can I come in? And He looks right at me and says, Paul can't come in. And I walk right by. I go right in. It wasn't personal. He was just stating a fact. Any, per, any mind thinking it's a person or an independent individual entity called Mary or Sue or Paul, that cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. That person is sort of what you would call a rich man. He's rich in and of itself, his self or herself. Yeah? As, so he was never saying, Paul can't come in. He was just stating a fact, Paul can't come in. Once I realized I wasn't that Paul, I walked right in. Yeah. It wasn't the resume. It wasn't all that. Maybe the resume, maybe all the practices will, like, like a meat tenderizer, will tenderize the mind so it can come out of that yogic posture of selfing, you know, self-centeredness. But the fact is, that's not doing it. 
you are a, a citizen of that. You are that awakeness. You are that. Yeah? To try to think that you are that as this is pointless. So let's just question, are you this? If you're not this, the next leap will be you are that. But it won't be it won't be the this saying you are that. The, what will happen is you'll see, I'm not this. I'm not this. And then let's see what happens. Yeah? For me, that's the way it worked. I saw what I wasn't. Yeah, I saw the structure, the construction, the, uh, the constant. See, an appearance has to constantly be projected. Yeah? An appearance cannot become real yeah, without what's uh, causing it to appear going. Yeah? So the light has to go through the projector for the appearance to keep being, to appear. When something happens to the projector, the appearance, something great will happen to that. Yeah? So maybe, hey, you see the appearance because you're seeing you. The, body, the mind holds you as a body. That's like its holographic image. Yeah? That's, why when, that's why you can seemingly travel in time because there's a fixated object you can go to, which is the body, and think about it. You're not thinking about it, but the system of mind is, yeah? It's an incredible way of staying occupied. It, it, it takes this moment, which is all there is, and it creates a structure of time in it, and now its emphasis is not here, its emphasis is in there and then, yeah? Watch your thoughts. Watch the thoughts going on. They're, they're, they hold much more value in past and future than what you would call now. <laughs> they really do. They, because there's no need to think about now. Yeah? There's a whole lot of need to think about there and then. Because that's the only way you can conjure it up, in a sense. The system has to think about it. You can't go to the past. Yeah? It doesn't exist. Nor are you ever going to go to the future. When you arrive seemingly there, it will be now. The only way we can seemingly leave here is through thought, yeah? And our interest and attention follows the thought. Why? Because what the thought is about is this fixed object called Paul, and my mind is very interested and attentive to that because it's calling it me. It's calling it, that's what I am. I am that Paul. What would happen if you are the awareness of that Paul? Your interest and attention would leave the appearance of Paul and maybe rest in the awareness from whence they come. Yeah. Then the experience here, I would say in a, a broad way, you would travel lighter here. Yeah. As this functioning. Yeah. 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 For the people that weren't here, let's just we're going to look at appliances. Just like. Got interested in that tonight. Appliances, yeah. toaster, blender, uh, egg beater. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the toaster has a, a function. It makes toast. Yes. Blender blends stuff. Egg beater beats eggs. Yeah. All of these appliances have one juice: electricity. Yeah. There's millions of appliances all around the world. Is one juice that's driving them. If there wasn't any juice, would you actually call the thing a toaster? It would look like something else. Maybe you could put something like wallets in there or something. Yeah, you wouldn't be. It wouldn't be because it wasn't fulfilling its function. Yeah, but there's this one energy, 
And a toaster, if it took itself to be the one that was doing the toast, what would probably arise in it would be opinions about the toast. Yeah, I should have made it a lot darker today. And what's wrong with me? I'm not taking any of that pumpernickel. No Jewish rye. You know, all this stuff would happen. So here we are. This apparatus is like an appliance in a way. Same juice coming through. But our conditioning by environmental, yes, DNA, or you want to call it karma, all these conditionings of mind are these imprints are expressing through this. Yeah? Now, we all have the same juice. This conditioning here is alcoholism. So that juice allowed alcoholism to find expression. It animated this potential, a possibility, and then through this, it made some alcoholism. Yeah? And then I, had a, I seemed to have cooked up an alcoholic life coming from where I was, just like a toaster makes the toast. Yeah? Where in hell do we think we're the electricity? Where did that come from? Yeah? Where the hell, where did that leap occur where we forgot that this is a functioning or it's a facilitator of an experience and start taking that we as this is that? Yeah? And now I'm doing God. I'm doing consciousness. I'm the one who's aware. And as soon as I believe I'm aware, what becomes normal? Unawareness. Yeah, jeez. It's so clear if you just allow it in, it'll do something. Yeah. That's what the invitation is. The message is. It goes in there, and it... Like, I have total faith in mind. Mind knows what's happening. Yeah? It does. It's all there is. It knows. It has an inherent knowledge, prior to all this knowledge we're trying to accrue, of its nature. Yeah? That's the only thing I was missing was this invitation. I was just running around, chasing my tail, going on retreats and everything like that, and then this invitation dropped in, and it wasn't any effort on my part. I just stopped doing any of that because the goods were delivered. Yeah? And the goods informed me, hey, Paul, you need do nothing. <laughs> Wait a minute. What the fuck am I going to do with my days? <laughs> we all find out. Yeah. So, yeah. But whatever condition you're in, I mean, you can improve here. If you want to improve, improve. Yeah. Seeking, there's nothing wrong with seeking. It's an activity here. But the sense of being the seeker is sort of like the toaster thinking it's the one that's making toast or facilitating the toast. It just has a function. It's the energy that allows that function to happen. Yeah? It has no ability to produce a piece of toast without the electricity. Yeah? We are not the Alpha and the Omega. This is a vehicle. This is a manifestation. This is an expression. This is like a camera that's when the light comes in, it differentiates. Yeah? Now, now experiences can happen. It's really simple. Life is happening to you, or life is happening. It's a huge difference in how you travel. When life is happening to you, fuck it. Once that thought you slips in without seeing it as a thought, it's what... Calls all the rest of the thought system, all the fucking minions of the thought system of self-centeredness, 
are brought about by the first thought taking place, yes, and getting go getting in unnoticed. Then suddenly, tons of thoughts keep showing up, and we want to get rid of thoughts, or we don't want to do only good thoughts or whatever. Let's follow these thoughts to their root. They don't have any fucking root, yeah. But we very rarely see the original thought in the sense the thought of being you. That's what allows once that you which has tons of meaning, it's you, yeah? It just distributes the meaning to all those thoughts as mine. It distributes the meaning to a woman when it's my girlfriend. It distributes the meaning to a problem when it's my problem. It distributes meaning to the body when it's my body. It is a giant meaning giver. Yeah, and we've been, you know, you must be fucking sick of it, really. I mean, you've been over every inch of the system. You've followed every fucking formula it has and possibilities. Where did it end up? Nowhere. Nothing. Why not start with nothing? It's a failed system. A failed system. Recovery gave us that. It says, why are you so much fear today? Isn't it because self-reliance has failed you? Well, that must mean self-reliance is a failed system. Bingo! How do you see it demonstrating? When you think you're the one that fucked up. That's called self-centeredness. Yes? When all the light goes away from the formulas and it's always because of you that they didn't work, that's called self-centeredness. Yes? There are systems here that don't work. It's nice to finally figure them out. Yeah? What happens if you're riding a dead horse? You gotta make up a lot of stories. You ain't going anywhere. Really. <laughs> this is about fucking recognizing it's a dead horse and getting up. given it is being used to beat the shit out of you. If you had it, you'd probably be a lot better off you have never heard the word enlightenment in this life, to tell you the truth. My view, anyway. But that's already done, so you've got to see it's not about it's 
when all this arises, I'm not questioning the need or the non-need. I'm just asking who is it that feels the need and who is it that feels they don't shouldn't feel a need. <laughs> you know, just ask who it is. Try to get to the subject because the mind is is alluding to a subject in there. It is. By the voice, by the the uh, dialogue, it's alluding or pointing at a false moon. Yeah? So all the pointing, we still want to have these discussions about the finger. Is it, you know, it's really stern, very, you know, directed and concentrated, but it's still a finger, yeah? Why not? And I'm not saying it's good or bad. I'm just asking, who is it? Who is it that's being driven crazy? Yeah? That may be of help. Yeah? Just if you want to throw a wrench in the works, just question, who is that? Yeah? Who is it that feels they need to seek enlightenment? If that you that feels, if the sense of being a you that feels the need to be enlightenment has the meaning of being you, it's going to have a big fucking meaning, enlightenment. And you know what? It's going to use enlightenment to tell, keep telling you you're not enlightened. That's what it's going to do. Because that's what it does. It sets up a mythical, noble goal, and it points out that you're not even close over and over and over again. So the goal is used in a very bastardized, nasty way to make you even more uncomfortable. Yeah? This is, so, to me, I have, I have no... I was freed from the need to be liberated. I swear, I haven't read a spiritual book since whatever. I can't even get through a chapter anymore. And I'd like to sometimes. I'd like to keep up a little. And like, Someone gave me the, the book from the... Uh, no, no, the book from the master of Nizagadara Maharaj. Now, I have an, I, I like Nizagadara. You know, I went to where he lived and everything. And I think, oh, my mind was like, yeah, it's some mind candy. I'd like to read. I read like one page. I haven't touched it in two months. I gotta give it back to the guy. It's not like I don't want to. I have no interest in it. Where's my interest? Who the fuck knows, but it ain't there. And I'll tell you, I have feel a great sense of relief having it not be there. <laughs> Seriously. I get to be much more happy with my day painting in this apartment when I think I should be in the Himalayas seeking a new master. <laughs> while I'm painting the apartment. Today I was just painting the apartment, and I'll tell you, that was better than going to, to Tibet and finding a master, because I was right where I was. <laughs> because I can't be anywhere else. Yeah, it's so beautiful. <laughs> I had a lot of interest in it. I went with a, I went, I met a guru when I was young, when I was like 18, yeah, an Indian teacher. And uh, I never actually saw him in the beginning. I, they had these guys called Mahatmas that would, they were like sages, and they were like his representative, like almost like an Amway, you know, <laughs> sort of like that. And they were a Tupperware party. So I met one of these guys, and they had a meeting, and I had realized through drugs that this, it had to go this way. This, I couldn't, you know, this is, I'm just going to get more and more crazy out here. I've got to go this way. So they, they said, well, we're going to have a, we're going to show you this, this method of, uh, meditation called knowledge Monday come here and I did and I received knowledge which were four like uh, techniques and I started practicing and man it really helped me quite a lot yeah and then the guru showed up who was only like 12 years old at the time his father was had been the guru his father died and instead of giving the franchise over to his oldest son he gave it to his youngest son 
which upset a lot of the oldest sons of him. So I was so I met him, and the way he was presented was the Lord of the Universe. That's a, I had a my mind gave that a lot of meanings, the Lord of the Universe. Yeah? I mean, I had never even been introduced to spirituality, but there was millions of ideas about spirituality. How I should be and shouldn't be, how they should, you know. I had tons of concepts about all of it. So here, the Lord of the Universe, okay? And I liked the meditation, but what occurred is I didn't like the Lord of the Universe. Now, in my head, being the one who didn't like the Lord of the Universe was like fucking not good. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Why does that make me if I don't like the Lord of the Universe? Well, my mind riffed on that for five years what it made me. It made me very, very unhappy. Very, very fucking flipped out. Yeah? Though the whole point, I would imagine, of the spirituality was to be relieved of that bondage yourself or the obsession, it just actually amped it up to an extreme degree because I had huge meanings about spirituality more than, you know, going to work and stuff like that. My mind thought it was really fucking noble to meditate. Yeah? I mean, a lot of meaning it was giving. Every day I was practicing, I didn't know this huge false sense of self was getting bigger and bigger. I was becoming a spiritual self. Fuck. So after five years, I just, I, I swear, I went, to a, I went to a festival. I had gone out a couple, I had been partying a little bit. So I went, I said, but I didn't feel good partying, you know, doing drugs. And I went back, I remember, it was a seven-day festival up in Orlando, Florida. And I signed up, and I had, I remember I had these blue jean overalls, and I had a vial of Coke right here. Like, it was like my amulet, you know? It was like my security token. Just hold the Coke, oh yes. <laughs> and I went to see if I could go, and I did a lot of service there. And yet every day he'd drive around in a car. And I see him, and I, my mind was start thinking, I gotta kill this guy. And I gotta get him out of my fucking head. And so I thought, I know what I need. I should get a dart, like a time delay poison dart. And if I hit him, it wouldn't take effect till he's like a hundred yards away. There'd be no way they know it. And I was laying in the ground thinking this. I mean, incessantly, I gotta fucking kill the Lord of the Universe. Because I'll have no peace unless he's dead. This is what happens. When the mind gives a lot of meaning to something, it's going to use it for its own advantage. And it may not be the one that was advertised. Like, you're going to reach a place of bliss. You may not. I haven't gotten to the poison dart yet. I know. Well, just give it time. I swear to God. I didn't think I was going there either, but I did. I wasn't really seriously. But I mean, I just had to get him out of there. And my solution was, I'm just going to party. And that's what I did. I left the whole fucking thing and I was worse than ever, you know? Really went totally overboard. And I just given up the whole idea of knowing God. I just said, fuck this, man, you know? And then, uh, but I got my ass kicked sufficiently enough, it finally brought me to AA. And AA, when I crawled into AA, I had a desire to do things that used to work in my life, like meditate and do Tai Chi and stuff. It took me three years of sobriety to start doing Tai Chi again. That's how fucking flipped out I was. It took a lot of recovery to have my mind get out of the agitation. It was just extremely gone. And it took me five years to meditate every day. Five years. I mean, I had the intention. I just couldn't do it. Yeah. And then I did that stuff for about nine years. Not even. And then I, 
I felt like it failed me. I just, this isn't working. This whole idea of me doing stuff to get somewhere, you know? And I was watching a lot of other people, and it didn't seem to really be working for them. And then one day I read an article in a Buddhist magazine called Tricycle. I used to get all these nice magazines. Really nice stories. But there was a, there was a little page where a teacher of meditation, who had been teaching for like 30 years, and he had all these old-time practitioners with him, a lot of them were coming to him and saying, you know what, I've been doing this for 30 years, and nothing's really changed. And I just said, fuck it. <laughs> All right, put it down, that's it. I'm like, open to some new suggestions. I'm not fucking doing this forever, no way. And then I heard the Course of Miracles, and then I heard this message they call Advaita. See, Advaita, I don't like that because it means non-duality, and that's just a negation. I don't think it's, you can call it anything. But they call it Advaita, which is non-duality. In other words, all there is is awareness or whatever. So then I got introduced to that, and then then I don't know what happened. <laughs> Something happened, and then things, uh, the fulfillment of what I wanted to see happen through me doing and something, the fulfillment of that came with no effort or thought on my part. If you want to call it grace, but that was it. And, you know, if you want to call it a practice, this practice is becoming more and more disengaged yeah, from a lot of things. Yeah. Things that I was very interested in, I'm totally disinterested in now. Okay. So, And it can help you no matter what. If you just want to get a little relief from your thoughts, see that, uh, that what's causing them to be so heavy is mine. If they weren't your thoughts, you'd travel different with them, really. Yeah, you want to start there, start there. There's a lot of little places you can start entertaining. And supposedly the condition you think you're in right now, that will probably uh, loosen that condition up. Just question the mind. Yeah, just see it. You know, if you went to meetings and you, without knowing it, we all felt terminally unique. Yeah, it's very, very, just no one can help me. No one can understand me. No one thinks like I do. And yet all these people are coming and talking their thoughts, their feelings, their reactions, they sure sound like yours. Yeah. So either how did they get your feelings and thoughts, or they're not yours. That was one of the first leaps. Then I realized, hey, these thoughts are, I can put the, the tag of alcoholic on it. Then it went farther than that, and I realized the whole thought system has nothing to do with me. Yeah? It produces a sense of a me that I'm not. And it reinforces it. Yeah? Once your mind, once your lens opens, yeah, it will open. You know, it just realizes. Do do one gives it the possibility of do do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then what happens is you think you're seeing from here. It opens like this, and then this is seen. Yeah, from somewhere. Yeah, here, this is forgotten. So it's me, me. Then this opens. When it opens. You are now appearing in front of it, in a sense, if you want to think of it as a camera. Yeah. And therefore, I would say you are what's looking out of the camera, not what's being looked at. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So. Yep. Um, you know, I used to, when I first started coming here and I heard you saying all that stuff, I, I thought the message was just don't do the 
And then I got to know you, though, and I see all the things you do. And that's where, wow, there's something here, you know. <laughs> this stuff. Yeah, The beauty thing is, is I don't do it. That's why I show up at every meeting. If it was me, I would have found reasons not to come. Tonight, like every other night, seriously. My batting average would have been, I may be here, may not be here. <laughs> I gotta tell you. Yeah? But the, because the point is, uh, it's not me, I can show up all the time. It's the same way in your own life. If it's not you, the possibility of that you're always showing up all the time will become obvious to you. Yeah? It's, we're taking impossibilities to be possible. We are, in self-centeredness. We're taking a lot of impossibilities to be possible. This is just allowing that system to shift where you start, you know, you're able to see red as red and blue as blue. There's not so much delusion being uh, transmitted. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 sure. I know. I mean, I probably wouldn't be here if it was if it didn't work. You know? I mean, I have confidence in it. This is how it seemed to happen to me. I first heard a message that sort of dropped in, and then I entertained it, and then entertaining it opened up to possibilities I wasn't opened up to earlier. Yeah. And then it was very clear that it was a foreign installment. What I was assuming to be where I started from ain't where I'm starting from. Yeah. Yeah. It's a mental process. It's a product of a mental process. The feeling of being Paul is being produced. I'm <laughs> serious. It's a product. If you feel like you're you as a body, that's the product of selfing. It's already, it's already sent the package out of the factory. I mean, it's already the, you're at the you're at the you're past the activation moment. <laughs> you're like on square five of the board. <laughs> the boots never leaving the monopoly board. The Eiffel Tower is never leaving the Monopoly board. It's not, the Eiffel Tower ain't transcending the Monopoly board and going to another game like Risk or whatever. <laughs> yeah. the, the boot and the Monopoly board are synonymous. There ain't no Monopoly board without a boot, and there's no boot without the Monopoly board. <laughs> you can't seem to get rid of the Monopoly board, so question the boot. Yes. <laughs> Seriously, why not? <laughs> You know, you're trying to get the board. You're trying to get the boardwalk. You always end up at Baltic Place. You know what I mean? I'll build a hotel out here. No one ever lands. Five dollars. <laughs> <laughs> so there is a solution. It's an imaginary problem. Doesn't mean it has imaginary effects. If there's the you already in place, everything has a huge effect. Big time. Yeah. It's stupid to deny the effects without denying the you. See, a lot of people do that with spirituality. They start denying there is a world, but there's a feeling there's a you. <laughs> I mean, it's crazy to deny that there's a world and yet be affirming the sense of you. <laughs> <It's>, 
Ravana had a beautiful, this master had a beautiful statement. He says, you know, there's a lot of people that are, they're like sitting in an auditorium watching the movie of life, and they're like an observer, like you were saying. And they have a sense that it's unreal, yeah? Their observer tells them it's unreal. But there's a feeling that they're real as the observer, yeah? Ramana said the circle's much bigger than that. The feeling of being the real, the realness of the observer seeing what's not real is also not real. Yeah? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So, that's it. What's the name? Yeah. Yes, you're welcome. Yeah, it's a pleasure. I just, I'm excited about it. Well, I've been excited for years. I can't stop. Really, once my mind goes there, it's very excited and very curious and just so. It's such a lovely space. Yeah? The possibility. And you know, some, like in recovery, because I'm in recovery, this possibility has allowed a lot of service to occur. Yeah? With no intending, intention to serve, it's just you become of service. Yeah? Because in the sense where you are your little toaster, there needs to be toast. So here in our community, there needs to be some upliftment, you know, some possibility, because it's a very depressing disease in a way. Because the sense of hopelessness keeps coming up. Because it's you and I are giving it the meaning that it's hopeless. Yeah? You stop I remember when I stopped drinking, I had all this I had the belief that all these things I thought were from my drinking would stop and a lot of it didn't stop. <laughs> it had nothing to do with the drinking or the drugs. I was like so fucking pissed. Because I thought you know, there's certain things, certain behaviors that I blamed on Coke and I stopped doing Coke and they were still showing up. So <laughs> <laughs> I was very disappointed. <laughs> now it's 24 years later. And uh, you know, I haven't drank or used in a while. But There's a love in God that expresses itself through our group conscience. I really love, there's a grace in recovery. There is definitely a grace. Man, I've been in different groups, spiritual groups, but there's some juice in recovery that's something else. It's, I mean, if you looked at demonstrations, if you thought they were important, it's the most demonstra- demonstrable uh, practice of all. Yeah, taking down and out junkies and drunks and allowing them to have a better life and allowing the people that love them to have a better life. That's a freaking amazing miracle. You know? Yeah. <laughs> 